This is Crowcast, the podcast from Crow in the UK, a leading audit, tax, advisory and risk firm with global reach and local expertise. In our podcast, you will hear from our specialists, offering insights and pragmatic advice to businesses of all sizes, professional practices, non-profit organisations, pension funds and private clients. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Crowcast. I'm Ryan Ketteringham, partner in our professional practices team here at Crow, and I'm joined today by our professional practices manager, Mark Adley, who's also an executive council member of the ILFM. Today, we're going to talk through an update of SRA standards and regulations as things currently stand. We're going to have a look at what the SRA has, uh, has issued in terms of recent guidance. We'll have a look at some of their other sort of publications recently in terms of risk outlook, et cetera. We'll probably then touch on a few other elements in terms of sort of fraud and, and issues coming out of that that might be relevant to, to our listeners. And then a few final pieces as well, probably just touching on, on the elements of COFAs as a, a beneficial owner or, or, or manager. So to, to, to start us off, I think, Mark, it's probably fair to say that there hasn't really been a lot of movement at the moment from the, from the SRA. No, I'd agree, to be honest, Ryan. The last guidance they issued was in October 2020, um, and that concerned residual balances and how to deal with them, and there's been nothing else come up since. Talking to clients, it's been pretty quiet in their experience with the SRA, although silence doesn't always mean there's not things going on in the background. So we could be expecting some stuff in the near future. I mean, residual balances, I know for all of my clients has been a, a, a key topic for them. It, it seems to be something that I've seen in my clients, people seem to be getting a better hold of. It, have you been sort of seeing the same on your clients? Yeah, I'd agree. Firms have taken them a lot more seriously than they perhaps did it. So we are seeing more and more firms having dedicated resource to look after residual balances and, of course, prevent them occurring in the first place on live matters. So we are seeing more and more firms implementing completion teams just to look after live matters and make sure they don't become a residual problem in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a key point and it, it's something that'll be, be important. And I know that our teams will be focusing on uh, in terms mm. of going out to do to work with this. Let's look at some of the other things that are coming out of the, coming out of the SRA recently. Their, their latest risk outlook, which I think was sort of later end of last, last year, November 21, touched on a few things. I suppose key coming out of that, economic uncertainty, I suppose at this time was sort of right in the midst of COVID and the impacts of what sort of things do you think, you know, we, they, they need to be looking at in terms of that economic uncertainty? I think the climate we're in at the moment, it's, it's a concern for, for any entity, for law firms particularly. There are rising insurance costs um, across the board. There's interest rate increases and staffing issues and staff availability, but that is common across all sectors, but the legal sector seems to be here really hard. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's, if we sort of pick up on a, on a couple of those things, I mean, we're sort of talking about coming out of COVID, there have been uh, a lot of changes in working practices recently, people working from home, you know, both in terms of sort of lawyers and clients. What sort of what are the key sort of points coming out of that? What sort of messages are you talking to your clients about? I think a, a big point is staff welfare, and that goes from attraction and straight through to retention. Um, it's all very well and good getting the best people in, but you've got to make sure you look after them to keep them. The health and well-being of employees in the legal sector is on the SRA's mind. They have a consultation that ended in May this year, 
Okay. And we're expecting some stuff to come out on that later on this year. Okay. I think we're looking at doing something on our benchmark survey around uh, around employee welfare. So that there'll be interesting to see the outcomes of that. It'll be interesting to see what our clients and contacts are thinking about it. Yeah, definitely. What about in terms of systems and controls around sort of managing client money if you've got people working at home? I think this is perhaps one thing that changed very, very quickly at the start of the pandemic. Hasn't perhaps gone back to where it was originally. And it's really important that firms document their systems and controls as they stand now. And it's not just documented as they stand, but it's taking a step back. Are they appropriate? Are they proportionate? And do they give adequate control over the safety of client money? Just because something was okay during the pandemic, time to the, the world of cyber security has changed an awful lot. It's, it, it's probably the most dynamic risk facing law firms at the moment. Very true. I mean, sort of talking on, on cyber and I suppose linked to cyber, I, I know that the last time we sat down at our COVA breakfast, one of the key topics that came out of that was around the rising costs of professional indemnity insurance. And then I suppose linked to that as well, you, you know, the, well, one of our, one of the attendees talked about his cyber, cyber uh, uh, cover going, increasing fourfold. Yeah, that, I remember that, but that's the that in my mind. It was also quite concerning to hear that one broker had, or one insurer had pulled that all together from the cyber market. So it's interesting. It's, it's probably the biggest financial risk facing, let's face it, from the hackers don't go for a few thousand. Mm -hmm. They're going to hit you hard and big. Yeah. I mean, I think that is very worrying. And I suppose in a time where the SRA are sort of, you know, their risk outlook is looking at economic uncertainty. We're now looking at sort of rising inflation, rising PII costs. One thing that sort of stuck out to me as well, you know, if we're thinking of the increasing interest rates, the number of people that borrow to, to fund their, their PII cover, their PI cover each year, that's, that's going to be a concern. People need to start building them into their, their forecasting. Yeah. And not just the financial budgets, but also cash flow forecasting and making sure you, you've got a finance in place for it. And obviously I'm no borrowing expert but it may be worth considering getting finance in place while the interest rates are slightly more favourable. The Bank of England don't seem to be softening on the increases at the moment. And thinking of interest rates, it's also a good time to reconsider the rate of interest you're paying the clients on, on funds held in the client's account. Perhaps during COVID, this was reflective and the fact you weren't receiving interest on the client's account. But as the climate turns a little bit, banks offer some interest on client account. Um, I think firms should be considering revisiting the amount of interest they pay to clients and how and when they pay it to. Yes, I think that's a, that's a really, really good idea. I mean, strangely, it doesn't feel that long ago we were talking about the impact of potentially negative interest rates on client money, which seems, seems, it seems a long time ago now. I think, is there anything else in terms of that risk outlook that, that the SRA sort of released that, that you really sort of wanted to, to touch? I think one thing, again, it ties into the staff point I was talking about just, is the EDNI and environmental aspects of firms. And a lot more firms, particularly large firms, are falling into the carbon reporting regime in their accounts. So that's becoming public knowledge. So that there is going to be a focus going forward on how to reduce that. Obviously, there'll be a spike go from a lockdown year to a, a normal year because people working remotely and work traveling. But as things normalize a little bit more, it's going to need to get, people are going to need to be able to demonstrate an improvement year on year. Okay. Yeah. I suppose 
One thing that, that any sort of COFA is aware of is, is the risk to sort of client money. And I suppose a lot of people listen in for those sort of shocking stories. Of, are there any sort of frauds that you've sort of heard of recently uh, that you might be able to sort of highlight maybe what sort of learnings a COFA could take from those? Yeah, there were a couple in the headlines recently. One affected the business account and one affected the client account. So I think that just testifies that both elements of the firm were at risk for money held for clients and the firm's own money. They were relatively large sums. So there was a fraud on the business. It was around £400,000. The accountant was um, masking supply payments into their own bank account. Interestingly, that was over a series of around 130 payments. And I think when we think about fraud and the risk, we assume fraud instigated by employees or internal people is perhaps going to be large and easy to identify. If you think the average of that would be around £3,000, which in some firms could be below the authorization level for a partner or a director to see. So there is, there is a real risk of low level regular fraud. And then there was another firm carried out by a paralegal. I think they, it was around 110, 115 payments, totaling over £400,000 again. Seems to be the, uh, the number that people, seems to be people's privacy that they'll, they'll commit a fraud for. Interestingly, I think that one, there was a gambling addiction in the background. So I think it is very important to check the type of staff that are entering the finance function um, and have the ability to instigate and authorise payments. And it's not just a case of checking staff as they join the firm. There needs to be some regular consideration, particularly in the current economic climate. People that were once trustworthy may have an, a motive or an incentive to commit fraud now. They could have difficulties at home. Cost of living crisis could be hitting them particularly hard. So there is more of an incentive to create fraud, to perpetuate fraud now. You've also got the element of lack of visibility. You know, if yeah. you've got staff working at home, there is that risk as well. You, you can't keep an eye on them. You don't see, you know, how they're coping in themselves. It's, 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 an, it's, it's definitely a, a consideration. One thing that I know that's sort of piqued a few people's interest and it's been on, on a few people's radar is this, the topic of uh, the COFA registering as a beneficial owner or, or manager of the business. There's been a bit of back and forth on this. I know that the ILFM are going to release guidance to the, to the COFAs, so, but I've sort of been privy to a little bit of guidance that it was released to an individual from the SRA. Basically, this is saying that in terms of registering a COFA as a boom, it's strictly for the firm to decide on a sort of case by case basis. But I think the expectation that a COFA will be a boom for most, for most businesses. So look, I think at the moment, it's probably safer to diverge on, on that. And we'll wait that, that guidance coming out from the ILFM. Yeah. No, I think I agree. And, um, a final point on AML considerations. Each of the COFA networks we've held in London, the Midlands and in Cheltenham. Firms have had investigations from the SRA on AML compliance. So they are very much putting boots on the ground and they are very, very aware of what's going on in the AML space at the moment. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Mark. Thank you to everybody. Hopefully this has been useful for you all today. I'd like to thank Mark for joining me. Absolute pleasure. Uh, and thank you to, to all the listeners. If you would like any further information, please do visit crow.co.uk. And do join us again for another Procast. 
Tune in next time for another episode of Crowcasts. For more information about Crow, our services, industries we devise and insights, visit crow.co.uk. We are an independent member of Crow Global, one of the top 10 accounting networks in the world. You can connect with us on social media by following Crow UK on LinkedIn or at Crow UK on Twitter. Tune in next time for another episode of Crowcasts. For more information about Crow, our services, industries we devise and insights, visit crow.co.uk. We are an independent member of Crow Global, one of the top 10 accounting networks in the world. You can connect with us on social media by following Crow UK on LinkedIn or at Crow UK on Twitter.